Welcome to Keeper Chat. My name's Fauna. And my name is Flora. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. We're both real-life zookeepers who love animals, love learning about them, and enjoy goofing off with one another. Each week we will be discussing a new animal and learning more about them. As always, nothing we say reflects our- Oh my god, what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry folks, Flora's messing with things. <laughs> right in the middle of the dang disclaimer. As always, nothing we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. So with that, let's get grimy, you <laughs> just premature lady creep. <laughs> I'm just trying to be obnoxious as possible. You, I don't think succeeded. I can get any more obnoxious because I just ate a taco in your ear. <laughs> That's true. Like, not even nine seconds before we started recording, Flora was chomping on some chips and hard shell tacos. Like, could you pick a worse... I don't think I could have. Uh, Flora, how yeah. was your work week? How was work for you? Okay, I have um, pant update 2K18. Yeah. Oh, okay, great, great, great. So everybody knows I ripped a dangle hole in my crotch or my pants. Just Big ripped one. it right through. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I was just dealing with it, as you do. Um, and so then, what was it, like Wednesday or something? I went to go get food during lunch. Mm-hmm. And as I was coming back, my friend was getting out of the car and I like turned to get out of the car no. and I like stood up and no. I looked at her and I was like it has happened <laughs> the worst and I turned around and she was like mm-hmm I can see your butt so yeah my whole like kind of left you know thigh ass cheek mm-hmm. um was out so it's it finally that whole area yeah just the whole there was a breeze um so I had to wear I went just like straight 80s 90s style and just tied my jacket around my waist the rest of the day like a <laughs> fucking weirdo which like in theory is like oh that's not such a big deal except for when you have keys and a radio and all this other crap on your belt and then like your jacket's like over your belt and then you're like where do you put your radio is it under this weird jacket or is it <laughs> over true. this weird jacket and it was just plus a mess. like your circumference of devils <laughs> yes <laughs> yes good luck in through a doorway so uh, also those are no one naturally retired. wears a jacket like that like no. Anytime you tie a jacket around your waist, someone's going to be like, why you got that jacket around your waist? Like, yes. get out of here. Yes. Because <laughs> I poop my pants. And then That's like why. when your hands are full and it's like sliding and then I'm like, well, I got to drop everything and catch it. Otherwise, I'm going to flash the zoo. Oh, stakes have never been higher. Yeah. It was just a bit much. So well, um, that was my week. Fana, how was yours? Uh, Great. Oh. No, I'm okay. lying. That sounds fake as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It was. It was a long week. Uh, we're getting ready to transport some of our animals to another facility, which like we're all really excited about. However, one thing that we all have to do whenever you're transporting an animal before they leave is you have to do a pre-shipment exam. Yes, and it's basically just looking at their health, making sure that all their health records are up to date and like all their vaccines are up to date and all that kind of stuff so that the receiving facility doesn't have to deal with any of that um and it's also just a chance to like make sure your records are correct however (laughs) uh i don't know i have like do your vets do this at your facility but at mine when they administer tb tests for the animals they do it in their eyelid yes because okay great that's like the best place to see it i mean it's the only place they're so hairy (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, 
Yeah, so they do TB tests to ensure, obviously, they don't have tuberculosis. But if they do, they'll have an obvious reaction to the TB test. So a lot of times it'll be, like, swelling and stuff. And so, like Flora said, it's, like, the only place to do it is on the eyelid because, A, it's one of the easiest places for there, like, to not be hair or, like, any competing things that might cause swelling in that area. And, B, a lot of times animals will look at you regardless of what else is going on. Mm -hmm. Like, whether they like you, whether they hate you, whatever, yeah. they're still going to look at you. And so it's the best place to, like, get a visual of that TV test. However, <laughs> one of our uh, boys here that got his TV test has, like, I, I don't know if he's necessarily figured it out, but he's just decided that he is not going anywhere near any of our vets. And so he <laughs> has positioned himself approximately 25 feet away <laughs> from each vet whenever they come in the building. And so they're literally physically unable to read his TB test without binoculars. <laughs> oh my god. And so it's god. becoming this whole issue of like, he just refuses to look at them. And they have to see his TB test. Yes. And he's just be, like, no. Nope. It has to be, like, approved by a vet. Like, we can't exactly. be like, no, there's no swelling. They have to yeah. see it. I know. I was I was talking to her today, and I was like, can we just, can I get, a, like, take a picture of his face? Like, when he comes up to me, and she's like, no, I have to see it. I'm like, man, <laughs> he ain't gonna look at you. He's, like, literally he as far him. away from you as he can possibly be. Ooh. Um, so that's been fun, and just, like, dealing with that and of course Animal everyone problems. in the building just gets you know skeeved out whenever vets are around they yeah. just have that they have that sense regardless of whether or not they've ever had any experience positive or negative with yeah. a vet every animal is like yo that's a vet i know <laughs> they well, like they smell like antiseptic and like animal tears i feel like oh yeah maybe i don't know i feel like i feel like they should be nicer to vets they're just around doing the work that the animals need you know yeah I don't know. I know. It just sucks. Anyways, I just, that's been great. <laughs> it's been cool. <laughs> so that's been, been really a week. That's been a solid week. Jeez. Yeah, it's cool. But I'm really excited about our animal for this week. Woo! Um, ever since you had that first goof where you said mm -hmm. that you were going to talk about the first letter of the internet, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like counted ahead and was like, <laughs> I've got H. I know what I'm doing. Oh my God. Like, I just, I knew. Um, and so I've been waiting for this moment. Don't get too excited. I feel like I've just hyped myself up, so I've got to maybe de-escalate things a little bit. <laughs> Do you have any guess? Horses! Yeah, dude. <laughs> Why am I a genius? I don't know. You just are. I went with uh, horses, but I know that that's pretty broad. So specifically, what we're going to be focusing on is the Shavalsky horse. The Shavalsky? Yeah. Have you heard of that? No, I thought you were going to say Prezalt, you know, the other one. That's exactly what that is. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Why you are you- idiot! Przewalski. It's how you is it horse pronounced? Fool. Uh, yeah, it's pronounced Shavalski. Holy my god. Well, I've yeah. already learned something, because I always have tried to say the word, like, because it's P-R-Z. I've always it been is. like, Przewalski. Przewalski. <laughs> uh... Yeah, no, that's it. It's it's pronounced Shavalsky. It's Shavalsky. a lot of continents in a row. Yeah. Um, anyone curious out there that's listening? It is spelled P R Z E W A L S K I. Shavalsky. Przewalsky. <laughs> there it is, Przewalsky. Yeah. Can I just tell so you the first instance of me ever hearing that about this horse's existence? Oh yeah. Uh, Zoo Tycoon. <gasps> there was what? like that's surprising. 
Yeah, there was a um, I don't want to spoil too much, but there was an <laughs> add-on to Zoo Tycoon. Anyone who the- hasn't finished Zoo Tycoon, <laughs> cover your ears. You're missing out here. There is an add-on pack, I think, and the Przewalski. Well, I'm just going to call it that forever my whole life. The Schwawalski, Schwawalski, the Swarovski horse um, the was a bonus. Horse. Was a bonus feature. So, anyways, cool beans. Well, teach me because I don't know Sick. fuck all. Obviously, I can't even say its name. Uh, yeah. So it's pronounced Shavalsky. Uh, but people around the world, because that's it, just sort of melts your mind to say that, but also see the word. They call it the <laughs> pea horse, and oh, everyone knows what you're talking about. I love that. I like that. Yeah, much better. yeah. It's it's catchy. So these guys are Kingdom Phylum Class Order Family Genus Species in the family. Equidae mm-hmm. in the genus Equus, which includes horses. And also so includes naked Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, he's the one exception. <laughs> like, it's it's like all the other horses and then also him. Just and naked, like, Yeah, well, I I mean, I guess you could argue the horses are naked, too. You, sh- you could. And you should. And you should. Why haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, interestingly... I don't know. There's a lot of like historical fun facts about the Shavalsky horse, which okay. I was pretty excited about. So these guys are native to Mongolia, so to speak. They're um, in the Central Asian steppe region. So they kind of have a really big like region across like Mongolia and Russia. And it's just sort of like, it's sort of a very broad region. Unfortunately, though, um, as we'll get into a little bit later, their region is greatly diminished, and so a lot of the records that we have are like, I mean, this is this is ridiculous, but they're like historical records in the sense that they're based off of like um, cultural history as opposed mm. to just like animal history or anything like that. So it's right. kind of interesting. But anyways, the first Shavalsky horse was believed to be sighted by a European in the 15th century. My God. I know, but they weren't actually named the Shavalsky horse until a Russian geographer and explorer named Nikolai Shavalsky named them after himself. Of course he did. Yeah, which was Why in the 1800s. Why couldn't named, like, Bob Smith? <laughs> Why do you have just a fucked up name that I can't say? I actually, I have a family friend who, um... <laughs> She has a really long, complicated last name that's, like, I don't know, 17 consonants in a row. And people always, like, go blue in the face and struggle trying to, like, pronounce her last name. And she's always just like, it's cool. It's pronounced Smith. All the other letters are silent. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, ooh, nice. That's what I want this horse to be to me. Yeah. So, uh, but some common names for the Shavalsky horse are the Asian wild horse, the Mongolian wild horse, and the Taki, which means spirit or worthy Mm. or worship. So they are like a really important um, part of that culture. And in fact, some conservationist who's got a crazy last name, uh, apparently uh, is at it some crazier point, than <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of consonants in a row. Uh, it's Serendelig. Nice. I don't know, man. You I didn't great. get into this, this feel for this. <laughs> but like the only thing I know about him is that he said this, and I quote, Mongolia is not Mongolia without horses. <laughs> Aww. I'm going to put that uh, on my fucking headstone. That's beautiful. That's already on my neck. My neck cat. <laughs> oh, no. I've already identified myself to the now public. Now we all know. Great. No. Great. 
Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of, like, really cool history with this, and they're a huge part of the culture there. So, as this guy said, they're, like, a huge part of that that culture in that region, and they've yeah. been around for, like, centuries. So, scientists believe that the Shavalsky horse is the only true extant wild horse in the world. So, that just means the Ooh. only true wild horse that's not extinct. Um, and that's in direct contrast with, I think, a common misconception that yeah. horses like the, um, like wild stallions in North America right. are not, in fact, wild. There are, they are feral, which is oh. a big difference. So wild um, tends to mean that they've never been domesticated mm-hmm. by humans, whereas feral tends to mean that they were at some point domesticated and then returned to the wild. So when you hear things like feral dogs and cats, that's does that what mean they refer like to. by individual, or you're saying like the species itself? Mm. I, uh, that's kind of a gray line, I guess. I'm not really. I'm just like horses are expensive, so like who would let out all these fucking horses? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I think, um, I think it's more like by species, right? And as far as like the majority of a species right, is right, concerned, right, right, right. okay, um, that makes sense. Yes. So, like I said, scientists believe they're the only horse that's never been domesticated, although that is slightly debatable. Um, and in fact, a 2018 DNA study suggests that modern Shavalsky horses may have descended from domesticated horses, like in ancient Kazakhstan. So oh. that's kind of like a fine line as well. Like, how far do you go down the line before you're considered like, we were never domesticated sort of thing. Right. Um. So I don't know. It's kind of tricky. One super interesting thing, which I was telling Flora about before, well, I was hinting to Flora about before this episode, and then I was trying to make sure was a true fact. Um, are you ready to get your pants blown off? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, they're already mostly gone anyway, but... I told you uh, I wasn't going to wear pants. <laughs> I know, you did tell me that. Uh, Shavalsky horses have 66 chromosomes, which is four more than, like, common horses. And it's the most of any equid species. What? Yeah. So, okay. Let Why? me just That's a great question. Let me just uh here. Let me let me let me get you involved in this really quick. Chromosome so, me. <laughs> chromosome me. <laughs> Ew. Uh okay. So generally speaking, like when you're talking about breeding, if you have uh like one animal, like one subspecies of something breed with another subspecies, a lot of times you have a hybrid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so with horses, a lot of times the, what that ends up with is a sterile individual as the offspring. Yes. So like if you breed like a horse with a donkey, their offspring a lot of times is sterile, right? Yeah, mules suck. They can't bone. I mean, they can bone, but it doesn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they have other great qualities, but yeah, <laughs> yes. But who um, fucking cares? I... Yeah, you're right. No one does. Uh, so, yeah, so that generally happens because you end up with an odd number of chromosomes in the offspring. And so it makes Ooh. it, like, yeah, generally that leads to a sterile individual. However, Shavalsky horses with 66 chromosomes can reproduce with other defined subspecies of, like, different types of horses. And, in fact, they can reproduce with domesticated horses like common horses and um surprisingly successfully hybridize and their offspring can in fact be fertile like they're not necessarily sterile and i think it just confirms the fact that they are uh magical horses 
Yeah, they're like the ultimate bone boy. Like, I'll bone whatever I want. Yeah, it's like a reverse unicorn. A bonicorn. A bonicorn. God, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, that's pretty cool. Generally speaking, if you didn't know what a Shavalsky horse looks like, they tend to be kind of shorter and stockier than, like, the common horse that you're thinking of, like, domesticated yeah. horse. They're pretty beefy boys. They're really beefy. Yeah, they're very stocky. They tend to be like kind of a tan cappuccino color. Mm-hmm. And they have like uh, black legs and like black hair running down their spine and stuff like that. Like they're pretty cool looking, but they've got like these massive heads. Like I would say their head is like a third of their body. It's ridiculous. It is kind of silly. It is really silly. So um, they live in harems, which are... <gasps> hey. Yes. Yeah. So do my garials. Yeah, I know. This is like harem city. Harem <laughs> after harem. Harem town. So they live in harems with ha- which have one male and several adult females and then the foals between them. Or they can live in all male groups where males come together mm. if they've like lost their harems or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Lots of other things. So <laughs> those tend to be more temporary, however. Okay. I'm trying to see what else here. So scientists believe that the domestic horse and the Shavalsky horse are actually derived from a common ancestor. So meaning they kind of diverge from that common ancestor. So instead of thinking of it, of it that like Shavalsky horse or domestic horse are like ancestors of each other, it's more along the lines of like thinking that chimpanzees and humans um, descended from a common ancestor. So, like, mm-hmm. we didn't evolve from chimpanzees. Chimpanzees no. didn't evolve from us, but we shared a common ancestor. And that's the same sort yeah. of thing happening with domestic and Shavalsky horses. Okay. Um, which I think is an important distinction. I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand the difference between that. No, um, they don't But it's very all. important to understand the difference between that because it's sort of the basi- basis for, like, evolution. <laughs> it's um, the basis for life. But Which is, like, the basis for, like, our entire field of work. But you know, it's fine. Um, also, our we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get into that another episode. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of, like, really cool kind of, like, scientific meets, like, cultural history stuff concerning mm-hmm. the Shavalsky horse. However, one of the main things that I wanted to talk about was their endangered status. Ugh. So, do you want to guess what the conservation situation is oh i guess i just gave it away didn't i uh no i mean (laughs) i mean i so i think that they were like critically motherfucking endangered but i think that zoos saved them yeah nope you're totally right uh so because i'm always right wink 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 i'm winking oh really were you (laughs) i winked at my cat Wait, 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 wait. What did he do? I have to know. Uh, he farted. <laughs> I don't know. Oh! Okay, well. <laughs> he did nothing. He's sitting in my lap right now. All right, well, that's cool. Yeah, so Shavalsky horses are currently considered endangered. Huh. However, that is an upgrade from what they were previously considered as critically endangered. Huh. And huh. that is an upgrade from what was previously considered as extinct in the wild. Scientists Fuck. thought that these guys were extinct in the wild between the 1960s and in fact, 1996, they Shit. just were like, we don't see anymore. They're gone, um, which was crazy. And then in 1996, get this, they reassessed and found one surviving mature individual in the wild. Oh, my and God. so that lonely they, yeah. fucking horse. <laughs> I know. It's just like, I'm all by myself. Jesus. Like, he just he's just out there like. And he's made to bone and there's no one there to do it with. Seriously. 
ever like I just imagine that all the scientists were like, let's get together. <laughs> like, you know, yes. we gotta talk about this. Um, so they reassessed and classified them as critically endangered instead. Yeah, because there's one um, dude. Yeah, just one dude. And I should mention here, just in case people are confused, uh, extinct in the wild is different from extinct, like across the board. So Correct. extinct in the wild just means that uh, there are no individuals left in the wild. Whereas, like, just generally extinct means that there are no individuals left in the wild or in human care. Like, they're gone from the planet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There aren't a single individual left anywhere, um, wild or otherwise. So, the reason they were able to classify them as critically endangered when they found this one surviving individual was because there were individuals in human uh, care. Kick at the time. ass. Kick ass. Yes, yes. So, thank God um, that was a close call, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that was actually... Shavalsky horses are famously one of the biggest success stories for zoos and one of the best examples of zoos saving animals from extinction because they've been so successful at it. That's so, so dope. generally, though, I want to talk about some of the threats that they faced before mm-hmm. going into how they were their populations were kind of bounced back okay. a little bit. So, in the past, um, with these kind of, I don't want to say early explorers, but people who uh, either lived in the area or were new to the area where they commonly lived across, like, Asia and Russia, they obviously thought that they were, like, amazing, right? So a lot mm-hmm. of them were either captured to domesticate or were hunted. Oh. And, yeah. And unfortunately, they obviously didn't take to, like, domestication. It just it didn't really work for them. So those right. few individuals that were captured for that just ended up dying. And then the other ones that were hunted, obviously, they didn't take to that either. So, uh, <laughs> didn't like it. Did didn't bad. love it. Um, yeah, so that was kind of a big threat in the past. Currently, that's not so much as a threat anymore. I think people have come to realize that maybe stop doing that. But threats that existed back then, as well as continue to this day, include habitat loss. Um, one of the biggest threats that they currently suffer from is due to livestock encroachment. So, like, sharing the same land as livestock and Mm. um, potentially running into areas where there's conflict becomes an issue, especially for any wild populations that are out there, because they kind of have to have a big area to roam. Uh, And then, just due to the sheer numbers left, because if you remember, I mentioned that they're endangered, and so what that means for the Shavalsky horse specifically is there are currently somewhere between 1,500 to 2,000 individuals left in the world. And there are around 400 to 500 individuals in the wild, I believe. And then the rest of those are in zoological populations. Let me just double check that. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, yeah, around 400 to 500 of those live in the wild. And then the rest are in captive breeding programs in zoos. Okay. Okay. So, that's kind of where that is. But disease is obviously a huge threat that we've talked Mm. about before that is specifically harmful to small populations of individuals because it's really hard for them to bounce back from it right in addition uh it's difficult because they tend smaller populations tend to suffer from inbreeding right. so a disease that affects like one individual in a group or in a species is more likely to affect all individuals because yeah. they're so closely related um so that can easily like wipe out a whole species and then on top of that small populations are also very uh affect or very strongly affected by a different climate events so um, anything that might be a threat to their land or their 
Because they must survival be, like, or anything. super, like, hardy. I mean, do they grow, like, a thicker coat? Because, like, Mongolia they do. is cold as fuck, right? Yeah, yeah. So in the winter, they do. They kind of, like, beef up and they grow a thicker coat. And this is actually in contrast to domestic horses that shed each spring yeah. with the rest of their coat. So they, yeah, they grow that because, like you said, it's hella cold. And like, actually, I... Reason. Yeah. Um, and actually, I um, read something that said that when it's super windy and chilly, they'll, like, turn away from the way the wind is blowing. So they'll, like, have their butt toward the way the wind is blowing. And they'll <laughs> tightly tuck their tail between their legs oh. and just, like, brace. And the idea is is to keep, like, the wind and the sand and stuff out of their eyes and their nose. Yeah. Um, so it's not blowing into their face, but also to, like, protect their genitals. <laughs> to air out that butt. That's what No, really- they want to, like, protect that butt. They, yeah, like, wanna, yeah, yeah. Keep them warm. Yeah, because that's the only thing keeping them going. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, so there's a, those are some of the biggest threats that they face. I feel like fact, it looks like a moose without antlers. Yeah, I can see that. That like big bulky head is like... dude. Yeah, it's a big neck. It's a big old neck. There was one point, too, where scientists observed that their population declined in total to 12 <laughs> yeah god just to 12 and in fact every shavalsky horse living today is a descendant of those 12 individuals Aww. i know and that's like normally that's something that isn't successful because right. there's such a huge chance for inbreeding but they were super careful about how they did it and they continue to um try to expand on diversity as much as possible and in fact I believe it's the Prague Zoo. I'll have to double check. But um, they have a very detailed stud book that they started, you know, when they started, like, actually trying to bring back these numbers. Yeah. And um, they've maintained it ever since. And it's, it's like, one of the best documented cases. Yeah, it's crazy. Have we um, um, described what a stud book is? Because you just kind of oh. threw that the fuck out and there wasn't Yeah, you're right. What, I didn't even think about that. What debt? <laughs> uh, why don't you talk about a stud book? Uh, sure. So stud book is a book full of studs. It is. It's like a fireman's sexy calendar. (laughs) (laughs) For horses. (laughs) It's like a book of animals in captivity and Mm -hmm. basically their whole genealogy. So, you know, like, whose daddy is whose and whose baby is whose. And then, um, I think even, is it, they're ranked in the book, aren't they? Like through their, like, one, two, three, four. Yes. Yeah, yes. so whether or not they're, like, suggested to be bred or, like, say, like, this one horse had, like, 70 kids, then he probably is good enough. Like, his genes are expressed enough that it's time for somebody else to, like, have a shot. So um, mm-hmm. I think they have their rankings that they keep track of, too, in the stud book. So if you have, like, uh, I can't, Szechuan, what is this horse? Shavalsky. Shavalsky. It's called the pea horse. The pea horse. So if you have like a pea horse in captivity and you're like, hey, we want to breed this pea horse, um, then, you know, you could get like a stud book recommendation and just say like, hey, its genes would pair up really nicely with this one and make some like incredibly genetically diverse offspring. And you should mm-hmm. do that. And so all animal. Yeah. Well, I won't say all. I don't think all of them have stud books, but the SSP, which I think we talked about before, which is the species survival plan through AZA. They all have stud book and like stud book keepers who manage the books. Right. It's basically like a really long hand, less sexy version of like match.com. For sure. For sure. Like very yeah. boring. 
no pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, like, maybe fewer dick pics. Yes. Maybe not, though. What? Maybe more. Right. (laughs) I don't know. Right, right, right. right. Uh, Yeah, no, I actually, I looked it up. It said the first book was created by, for the Shavalsky horse, was created by zoologist Dr. Erna Moore. Nice. And the detailed stud book has been kept and updated ever since. Dope. And these are... Like Flora said, um, these are used to minimize any inbreeding that may happen mm-hmm. uh, through human care and to maximize genetic diversity. So yeah. they're really, really important for managing captive populations uh, responsibly, I guess is the best way to yeah. put it. Yeah, so it's crazy. Like, they, they, like, zoological facilities and preserves have successfully recovered the species from 12. Like, that's nuts. It is nuts. Like, that's just unheard of crazy and i talked a little bit how a little bit earlier about how shavalsky horses can technically hybridize with domestic horses right and have it be successful however i do want to mention also that hybridization with domestic horses uh was in the past and continues to be a threat today right because whenever that's not a continuation of the species at all exactly exactly and i think that's another thing maybe people don't necessarily know too much about but when you're crossing different subspecies um you are hybridizing them like you're creating a new type of individual and that's not necessarily good for the subspecies that you're crossing because it doesn't maintain the purity of those subspecies Mm -hmm. um and when you're talking about animals and um their genetic lineage it's really really important to maintain the purity of those types of lines just because they um, are so unique from each other and a lot of times what's causing them to like go extinct and their numbers to go so few and to become endangered and stuff is human intervention in terms of like hunting you know trade products destroying their habitat like whatever it may be and so it's just it's really really tricky you have to be very careful about hybridizing any sort of subspecies across each other because mm-hmm. you're not you're no longer preserving the original species if that makes sense yes um, it does Okay, so yeah, so that continues to be a threat for Shavalsky horses. Um, but through the major successes of zoological facilities and of captive breeding programs, like I said, their numbers have bounced back to the point where they were considered up until 1996 extinct in the wild. And currently today in 2018, they're considered endangered, which is crazy. Which like, is way a, better. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge improvement. Still yeah. not great, but a huge improvement. And because of that, there's been a lot of um, public as well as governmental information communicated and Mm -hmm. and programs put in place to protect Shavalsky horses, which is very cool. So um, if you are interested in seeing a Shavalsky horse, you can actually go and see them. They live in a number of preserves across the world. And in fact, the four largest reserves where captive Shavalsky horses live are in uh, France Uzbekistan, Hungary, and then the Chernobyl exclusion zone in Ukraine. <laughs> so they're Good absolutely God. magical horses. They're radioactive. Yeah, and listen to this. Apparently the horses that were released into the exclusion zone thrived. Like they totally just like <laughs> their numbers grew Try to put upwards of like 200 individuals. Good Unfortunately, grief. however, people jumped in there and started poaching them, which kind of sucks. So they're down to 60 individuals God. in those areas. Why do we suck so bad? I don't know. People are terrible. Oh, but that was the other thing I guess I forgot to mention is like not only were they bred in captive breeding programs, but they were also successfully reintroduced into these uh, wild reserves. Nice. Which, yeah, is just like success. Better than the gharial. 
Yeah, yeah, super, super good. So if, for whatever reason, you don't live in France, Uzbekistan, Hungary, or the Chernobyl <laughs> exclusion zone in Ukraine. Yeah, see, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't live in well, any of those Well, don't give away our location. Uh, <laughs> you can see them at a few different zoos across the world. So in North America, you can go see them at San Diego Zoo, Woo! Denver Zoo, or Woo! Toronto Zoo. Woo! And if you're living in Europe, you can see them in the Prague Zoo. Woohoo! Yeah. So shout outs to all those places. I also want to give us. Yeah. To- oh my God. That was a really good joke. We're talking about horses. <laughs> <laughs> Killed it. All right. That <laughs> yeah, um, shit. Another shout out I wanted to give was to the Smithsonian Conservation Biology Institute in Virginia, here in the United States. And in 2013, they successfully had the first artificial insemination and birth of a Shavalsky horse. Shit. I know. The entire process from insemination up through birth took 340 days. Oh! I know. It's it's tricky. I think That's people, a long time. Yeah, I think a lot of times people don't necessarily think about how difficult insemination is, but Especially it a is. horse. You're going to have to yeah. have like a whole jug of sperm. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. If you don't think it's difficult, think about it some more. <laughs> and then realize <laughs> really, that it is difficult. Just really think about it. Just really sit down and think about it. Uh, yeah, so shout out to them. That's crazy. And like that, for last I heard, that that uh, foal was doing well. So Nice. Yeah, that's nuts. Way to go. So there are a number of things that still need to be done as far as like actions to continue um, improving their wild numbers. Mm-hmm. And luckily, a lot of those are already in place. So captive breeding programs as well as uh, regional what am I trying to say? Captive breeding programs as well as regional introductions, there we go, are um, really important and they need to be maintained and strictly supervised, which I think, as we talked about with the Gariel in the previous episode, you know, they were bred and they were released, but then those numbers weren't, like it wasn't supervised. And so they were just immediately killed off, which is not great and is not helpful for their species. But uh, as far as the free ranging populations go, there's a lot of... Um, protection of those lands which is super important especially Mm -hmm. for the long term and there are plenty of like surveys and things being done to ensure that those uh wild roaming populations are doing well and they're continue to like thrive and breed and all that kind of stuff which is great and then i wanted there was an i wrote down something here so um in addition to the stud book which is already in place to keep track of everyone and how closely related they are there are the introduction sites that currently exist. There's also a status and action plan for the Shavalsky horse. And this provides a detailed account of the history and ongoing conservation efforts um, surrounding this species. And so that's just something that already exists, but that is important as we continue to move toward conservation efforts. Mm-hmm. In addition, there have been a bunch of different workshops uh, for like stakeholders involved in the reintroduction of the Shavalsky horse to Mongolia. So um, that's super helpful, like, in addition to all the captive breeding efforts, reintroduction, and monitoring. So things that still need to be done, however, is stuff that, you know, we have to look to in the future to ensure that we're staying on the right track. So essentially those surveys that they're doing of those wild horses have to continue. They have to make sure they're monitoring the health of both the wild as well as – or the wild Shavalsky horses – captive Shavalsky horses as well as domestic horses that live in the area to monitor for disease because as we talked about with their population being so small and with the likelihood that they're 
running into other types of horses, the chance that they could pick up a disease that could decimate their species is really, really high. So they have to be really careful about that. In addition to that, just kind of leading off of it, they... Uh, the people monitoring these populations, as well as housing them for like captive breeding and stuff, need to make sure that contact between the Shavalsky horse and domestic horses are kept to an absolute minimum, if possible, because of that. Um, in addition, we don't want them potentially breeding and hybridizing, so that's not so good either. Mm-hmm. And as far as everything else that's listed here, by the way, this is coming from the IUCN Red List website, right. which we always go to for conservation information. Yes. A lot of the other things just... Uh, talk about maintaining the uh, purity of their subspecies line. So Mm -hmm. limiting hybridization with other horses, um, limiting contact, making sure genealogy is established and uh, monitored closely to decrease inbreeding, um, making sure that there's communication and cooperation between all of the reintroduction centers, and making sure that everyone that works there and everyone involved in these projects are fully trained with uh, proper education, and they're involved in the conservation work, like, on the front lines. Nice. So all that stuff is really, really important. And it's just, it's really actually very heartening to see, you know, these places take such a huge role in trying to protect these animals, because that's not always the case. And I think, again, right. the Shavalsky horse is a perfect example of the incredible work that zoological facilities and captive breeding programs and reintroductions yeah. can do if they're given the time and the resources and the attention to do it. Right. So it's just, yeah, it's great. And those places like Prague, like they're still just like reintroducing them all the time, right? Um, It depends. I think a lot of it comes down to uh, making sure that the areas they're reintroducing them in have the capacity for it. They have enough staff to monitor them, that sort of thing. Okay. But yes, everything that I read uh, says that continued reintroduction is happening okay and a lot of times though it does they do have to be transferred to a different type of center that is sort of like an in-between so they can't necessarily go directly from a zoo to this wild reserve they kind of have to go to this in-between and they have to be they have to live there for several generations acclimate and like do yeah 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 Okay. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about, one of the reasons that I left this so broad on horses, was I wanted to talk about famous horses in media, because this is an endless topic of conversation. Can I ask? Yeah. Is that fucking horse spirit, is he a Szechuan horse? That's extremely offensive. (laughs) Is he a Szechuan horse? Yeah, I think I think so. You nailed it. <laughs> like this pea horse. <laughs> what are you saying? Is Spirit a pea horse? No, Spirit is a North American horse. Spirit oh. is stallion of the Cimarron. Come but on. Why the fuck does he look just like him? He doesn't like, have that big head. He's got the same color. Matt Damon, well, you piece know. of shit. <laughs> take it up with the people who made Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. I'll take it up with me. fucking Matt Damon. I'll do it right oh, now. that's true. <laughs> hey, everyone, if you're listening to this, tweet Matt Damon. Ask and him why he made him look like a Shavalsky horse. Yeah, what the fuck? And then Blow not make Twitter a fucking up. movie about it, you piece of garbage town. Man, you really got fired up. We barely uh, even got into this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm done. Are you sure? We can keep talking about it. For now. I'm done for now. <laughs> for now. Yeah, so I thought maybe we could, like... Play a little like back and forth, like a little yes, little like horse tennis, and like okay. we'll go back and forth and try to name as many fictional horses as we can. Well, I think you're gonna win because you fucking looked them up. But sure, let's play. 
Well, no, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, I like, I only confirm the ones that I could like remember. Okay, 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 okay. So I'll start. Yes, Mr. Ed. Damn it! I was gonna say that. Uh oh. Um, you can you can do Spirit. You already mentioned that one. Spirit. <laughs> All right. Uh, Philippe from Beauty and the Beast. Um, that uh, Black <laughs> Beauty. Yeah, that's one. Oh my uh, god. Hidalgo from Hidalgo. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, uh, Seabiscuit from Seabiscuit. Oh, really good. Bojack Horseman from Bojack Horseman. <laughs> Man, what's up with these people? They just like all the creativity went in the horse name and not so much in like the horse title. Okay. <laughs> I want to cheat and say Pegasus. Yeah, that'll work. Why not? Okay. I mean, we already said they're mythical horses and they live in Chernobyl, so. Sure, right, right, right. right. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm going to go with Bullseye from Toy Story. Oh, that's his name? What? What the what? Okay, horse. Who writes horses? I'm going to say the horse <laughs> from <laughs> the horse from that horse show, Horse Town. Oh, that's my favorite show. <laughs> I love that show. It's a great show. Did you catch the last episode where there was like Discord and Horse Town and there was like this drama that they had to deal with? You mean the drama about the carrots? Hell yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. It I think was I'm a, out of horses. <laughs> I think we should start a sitcom called Horse Town. I think we just did. Oh! You're so right. <laughs> Not spawn. <laughs> horse Town, sponsor us. <laughs> We're sponsoring a Horse Town. <laughs> this is Horse Town, sponsored by Kieberjet. I wanted to talk quickly about my two favorite horses in media. And actually, that's kind of my point is like horses in media are everywhere. You if you're trying to ma- like mention a horse that is in anything you've ever seen, all you have to say is like the horse from Aristocats. Yes. Yeah. Like that yeah, that's everything. So, we're good there. But as far as like my two favorite like famous horses, yes. I'm going to go with my second favorite oh, first. Okay. okay. So, I want to I want us to talk a little bit about Ponita. Ponita. Why do I know that name? Oh my god! <laughs> Why do you know that name? I'm an idiot. Because you gotta um, catch them all. <laughs> I feel like I always said Ponyta. Oh. Because. Damn. Am I a chump? No, but like, here's the thing is like, I also called it Przewalski Horse, so I don't think I'm right. This <laughs> is what I'm trying to. This is what I'm telling you. Maybe. No, maybe this is the thing you're right on. Um, I don't think so. Pokemon. Can you sponsor us? Uh, Nintendo. Here's what's up. No, no, no. Pokemon. <laughs> po- <laughs> Ash Ketchum. Sponsor Ash me. Ash Ketchum. Will you sponsor us? Yeah. I want to talk about her because I feel like she is the Chevalsky horse because she seems like exactly the type of creature that would waltz out of Chernobyl. But what about Rapidash? I don't want to talk about Rapidash. Please. <laughs> okay. Fucking grand slammed Rapidash into the ground. I just watched a Pokemon battle where Rapidash exploded from your fucking sick burn. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Later days. I don't want to catch you, Rapidash. Damn. Peace out. So, like, Ponyta's like, I'm evolving, and you just hit the button. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> Stay Ponyta forever. <laughs> I know. I, I throw her back in the ball. I'm like, you don't. You won't. <laughs> you not turn today, into timeout. 
You think about what you tried to do. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you fucking um, dare. Yeah, no, I mean, she's cool, and she's mythical, and I think she And she's on fire. She's literally and figuratively on fire. Is it the radiation? Is it the fact that she's a cartoon? I don't know. Is it her inner spark? Oh, that's probably it. I don't know. I think part of being in Chernobyl has something to do with it. So her two (laughs) moves are, or two moves like on her original Pokemon card are Smash Kick and Flame Tail. All right. So she can kick you in the fucking face and burn you with her ass. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know which one is like. Yeah, I don't know which one is more relatable. I think I'm more of like a smash kick kind of lady. Yeah. I think you're more of like a fire ass. <laughs> I, I agree. I think I'm a fire ass. Well, together we make the perfect ponita. Ugh, this is beautiful. Wow. All right, I'm going to move on to my first favorite horse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of all time. Yes. And I want to preface this by saying that I have recently... So we Bendy. didn't name this horse oh, in the horse Oh my god, battle. I'm in the middle of a storytelling <laughs> adventure. What the hell do you want to say? Get it out. <laughs> we didn't name the horse in our horse battle? What are you talking about? We just did a horse battle. Did we name the horse or are you going to like bring up another horse? I'm trying to prepare myself mentally and physically oh, for what you're about to say. No, I just, I just thought that you were done. Do you have another horse? No, I'm saying, is the horse you're about to bring up a new horse? Oh, it is a new horse, yes. Okay, I was just say- I'm just trying to prepare myself for like what okay. this could be. Oh, okay. Do you have any guesses? No, because I can't think of any other fucking horse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Wait. I already said they're everywhere. Is it like Falcor? Is he a horse? Falcor? He's like a flying dog. <laughs> he might as well be. Honestly, he might be. <laughs> <laughs> is it My Little Pony? Oh my god, no, that's very good though, and I think it's worth talking about. Okay. Maybe in its own episode. I wanna, I do wanna just edit myself and just say Falcor has no horse, like, attributes at all. (laughs) I mean, he could not be any less horse like (laughs) in his whole being. I don't know, I mean, he's like a mammal. True, 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 true. Um, okay, continue. I'm sorry, I ruined everything. No, no, no it's fine. I, now that we're on this tangent, I'd like to talk about the fact that no one ever said that Falcor wasn't a horse. They might have. I don't. But I haven't also, seen that movie in a long time. <laughs> also, in that same movie, there was in fact a horse, like a real life horse. <laughs> so he probably was like, "You're a fucked up version of me." <laughs> it's probably like, "I'm a better horse than you'll ever be." <laughs> and then he drowned him. That was it, man. <laughs> That, Plot twist. That, that fucking story did end, and it ended with horse death. Yeah, it did. Man, if you didn't cry during that scene, what kind of person are you? Who are you? All right, I'm going to get back to my favorite horse of all time. Please do. Let me set the scene here. I am a little boy. <laughs> Great. Good I have just learned about my destiny. Oh my to, god, I know exactly. <laughs> To You're save my say. land and the people in it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I have a wonderful fairy companion. You do. She's so annoying. And I annoying. have only just pulled the the legendary Master Sword. Can you guess who the hell I am and who my favorite horse is? It's fucking Epona. It is Epona. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, like, really kind of small budget, kind of indie video game. Yeah. Called 
The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Right. It's about this guy named Zelda, and he has to go <laughs> and fulfill his legend um, by riding this horse. And it's just really all about Zelda and his just journey. <laughs> Yeah, and he like wears green clothes. Yeah, and um, he looks like Luigi hair. basically. Like I think it's Mario and <laughs> Luigi, but like a different version where they have a horse instead. I think Legend of Zelda exists within like Mario verse. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But also, I think Sonic the Hedgehog is also there. I mean, I think everybody is. Anyways, Epona's a badass bitch. She sure fucking is. She's my favorite horse in all of history. And all of horsetry. Oh, my God. Oh, here it is. Here we go. We've <laughs> you, done it. You've opened the floodgates. <laughs> Get ready, folks. Put on your pants because I'm just going to blow them off. Here we go. Um, No, I I have been deep in the throes for the last four months playing you have. Of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And for the first time in your yeah, life. Yeah, that's what I want to say. It's like, the first time in my entire life. I am a 20s year old woman. <laughs> Here we go. More facts. Piecing More it together. Facts. Piecing it. Yep. Piecing it together. Um, and I have never played it, and I have up until this point successfully avoided spoilers for the entire game, which I think is amazing. That's like I know good. we're off on like a bit of a non-horse tangent at the moment, but I want to talk about it because I've been obsessed with it. Do it. And I'm just like, yeah, I did it the other day. I beat it. I actually I was talking to Flora before we started this episode, and I came up with the. What I was going to talk about for H, and I was like, man, do I have a topic? I'm obsessed with it. I'm going to talk about it, but I got to be careful because I know that someone out there is going to be like, oh, you haven't finished Ocarina of Time. I'm going to tell you what happens in the end. And I would lose my mind. I'd probably skin myself. So I just had to hurry up and finish. (laughs) Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Which I did, and I'm the hero of time. But. Epona's the best. Can we talk about her? She's great. You meet her as a little boy. She's you great. learn a song that makes that like binds your friendship. Mm-hmm. And then when you grow up to be a like heroic young man, she grows up to be a heroic young horse. Yeah, and she's and always you go on a bunch of adventures there. Yeah, it's great. I just I love she her. She never dies. No, she never dies, and she will never die. No, and if she in- ever does, I'm gonna lose my mind. She's literally in every game. So they, um, the newest one is the Breath of the Wild, which is on the mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch, uh, mm-hmm. sponsored. Please, God, send me Nintendo games. <laughs> Dude, for real. Nintendo, we're blowing you up here. <laughs> I own a Switch. Just send me all the games. Um, but yeah, Breath of the Wild, she's in that too. And she kicks ass. And she's like fucking beautiful. And of course, then it's like new graphics. And she's like as gorgeous as ever. God, she's stunning. It's like she's really she- there. Oh, I love her so much. So. I mean, that was the main reason I wanted to talk about horses, was for Epona. I mean, you, yeah. There's no other reason to talk about horses. No, this entire episode is dedicated to her. I think that's Shout a really good Shout out to Epona. Episode. Hashtag Epona my girl. Hashtag, oh my god, Epona is like a horse pun. Because it's got pony in it. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Um, Epona was a god who was a protector of horses, ponies, donkeys, and mules. You shut up. Nintendo came up with it, and we all know it. <laughs> she wasn't no god, please. Um, Maybe she wasn't a god, but she was a protector of horses. I mean, that sounds about right, but I just think, like, Epona the horse is, is also, the one you're talking about. Also, in Gaelish, Epona means great mare. Oh, yes, yeah, she does. Epona! That's my girl! I love what her. What a beautiful horse. See, Is also, out there? horse sacrifice. What? 
Oh, what? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I digress. No, no, no. We're not, we're not digressing that way. <laughs> Digress toward the light. <laughs> Get away. Get away. Uh, no. Anyone out there? Anyone out there? Uh, an Epona fan? Let us know. Epona fans assemble. <laughs> Come to us. Come to us. Join our you fan will- club. Yes, you are in good company. Well, man, that's all I got this week. So good. Hey, how about Flicka? Oh, I want. Are you kidding me? You're gonna follow up Epona with Flicka? You had your chance. No way. Any horse? I don't really. We did it. That was the best horse. That's it. We're done. The episode's over. Horse. She's a good horse. She's the best horse. She's a good horse. She's the best horse. She's a great horse. She's the. Okay. (laughs) What about that? I'm done with this. Trojan horse. It's a fake horse. I don't want to talk about that Trojan horse. Come on. That's bullshit. That ain't even a horse. <laughs> Made out of wood. It was full of men. <laughs> How can you possibly compare that to Epona? Give me a break. Give me a break. Wow. Thank- uh, that was super good, though. Thanks. Yeah. I feel full of horse knowledge and love. Yeah, I hope this really appeals to all the bronies out there. Oh, shit. Yeah, we didn't even talk about them. Hey, guess what? Don't be that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys. Please don't. Please don't do that to My Little Pony. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. I didn't play with My Little Ponies, though, so I guess... If you're gonna fucking ruin something, I guess it can be that, but... Oh, man. No, I don't throw them under the bus. Okay, never mind. Don't do that. Don't do it. Just don't do it, guys. Come on. Read a book or, like, go for a walk or, like, I don't know, make some pizza or something. Don't... Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. Don't do it. Stop it. We know you're doing (laughs) it. Stop it. I can tell that you're doing it. I can see you doing it right now. Stop. Yeah. Don't do it. I did watch that brony documentary. There's a whole documentary about bronies. And every single brony in the movie is like, it's more about friendship. And I was like, is it? (laughs) Then Then why aren't you just a My Little Pony fan? Right. Like, I feel like if you have to justify it, mm, maybe it sums up. Something wicked this way comes. It's <laughs> coming in your pants to my I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want it I wish, either. I wish that was never said. <laughs> I can't take it back. It's been recorded. We're going to ostracize the bronies, and then we're going to have the entire wrath of that community on our I know. Backs. This is what we've already done. We've already just killed half our audience off by telling no. them to stop doing that. I guess when we really made it is when we get emails that's like, you offended me because I'm a brony, right? Oh, yeah, maybe. So maybe we should just test the waters and, like, offend as many people as we can, and then I'll just say that we made it when we get all those angry emails. We could do that, or we could continue hyping up Nintendo. Woo, 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 woo! And then, you know, I don't know, maybe they sponsor us, send us stuff? Send me fucking... Epona amiibos in the mail, please and thank you. Send me Epona in the mail. <laughs> Send me a horse. I will quit my job tomorrow and I will ride away and never look back. Jesus. And I'm not even I'm not even a horse horse person. I'll you know? buy you an ocarina. <gasps> We're getting into dangerous territory here. <laughs> I'm about to get really excited. <laughs> you shut up. Can you imagine me just bucking around on a pony? Yeah. Like, playing? Just doodle in my flute. Uh, so I used like, to wow, subscribe to, like, it. Nintendo Power, and there was always an ad for, like, ocarinas you could buy. Ugh. And I always was like, 
fuck, I want one, like, as a kid. And then my mom was always like, what the fuck are you going to do with this weird-shaped instrument? And I was like, I don't know, nothing. <laughs> so I never got one. It's basically just those, like, plastic recorders we had to play in school where yeah. someone just kind of sat on it and turned it like a mushroom. Yeah. That's a really good description. Thanks. Okay, well, I think that'll <laughs> do it. We'll just end on that. <laughs> end on that note. Yeah, it was a horse-related note. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. We hope you learned some cool stuff about horses and had a good time chilling with us. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to check out our Instagram, which is keeper underscore chat. We post fun pictures, facts, and links pertaining to what we talk about here. And you can also find us at keeper underscore chat on Twitter if you want to tweet at us or ask us any questions or talk about how great... Legend of Zelda and Epona are. They're <laughs> not going to hate you for doing that. Uh, in addition, if you would like to submit a question or comment to us for any future episodes that we can talk about on air, you can send that to keeperchat at gmail.com. That is our email address to receive that sort of thing. That's also the best place to send us all your hate mail. Yeah. So get it in there. You stuff it full. We're happy to read it. Yeah. I did get um, some like ver- well, I got like some offhanded hate mail that I didn't know where the mil- uh, the Millennium Falcon was from. That's why I really just wanted to drive home that the Legend of Zelda is about that boy named Zelda because I just live for that shit. Right? Yeah, and I think it's like a racing game, right? You like get in a little car and you like race. It's around a pod and- racer. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's Star Trek it. pod racing um, with Zelda. Right, and Chewbacca. Got it. Yes. Cool. Cool, perfect. So anyways, really fun. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, that's fine. Just want to drop uh, my knowledge. <laughs> just want to, like, drop into the nerddom a little bit. <laughs> you know <laughs> Dip how I my do. toes in. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is available on just about every type of platform out there. Yeah. So iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, anything like that, anything you listen to for podcasts, you can mm-hmm. find us on there. We're mm-hmm. called Keeper Chat. And if you guys enjoyed this, please let people know that you think might also enjoy it. That's a great way for us to get the word out. Uh, that's the end of this episode. Next week, Flora will present her animal of choice, which is oh. the... What is it? It's an I. It's I, yeah, but what letter of the internet is that? I can't even count that high. Eight? Nine? <laughs> Nine. Nine. Nine! Nine! The ninth letter of the internet, I... Do you I'm want, really excited about it. Do you want like a like a little like a little little sniff, little taste of what's to come? Ooh, yeah. Why don't you give out a couple of little hints and any okay. of our listeners can like see if they can guess what it is and maybe 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 I don't know, maybe okay. there'll be like a little shout out for you or something. Yeah. Um okay, I have to be so vague because otherwise you're going to be like I know it. <laughs> I will say that climate yes. change <laughs> has been gradually moving the extent of their range south. Oh, okay. They... Oh my god. Everything is gonna just give it away. They're so fucking weird. Are you talking about humans? Because... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that Florida lifestyle, mm -hmm. baby. I will say they're in the kingdom Animalia. Oh, okay. Yeah, so our animal podcast will cover it. Cool. Yes. I will (laughs) say also... That they are found in every ocean. Whoa! And I'm fucking done now. Alright. If you guys have any guesses, feel free to tweet us. Or comment on our Instagram photos. 
Yeah, I don't and know. And we'll I don't know, it. maybe there'll be like a fun prize involved. I'm not going to give them anything. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe there won't be. <laughs> you never yep. know. So, as always, if you like this, good for you. If you didn't, we didn't really ask. <laughs> so bye! Smell you later! Bye.